0: To the panel. Um, basically, this will be live on VGBS Gaming Podcast. Uh, it's in the live section on the cast. And what we're going to do is we're going to BS a little bit about content creation as well as if anybody has any specific questions on anything we do. And we're going to introduce ourselves. We can go over it. Uh, the panel says NES games you probably haven't heard of. That is the theme of my new book. Uh, But I figured since I have all these other content creators that are around, there's a lot of authors here, I figured we could kind of go back and forth on some of our experiences and what we've done and maybe some of the cool successes and some of the struggles we've had, and it'll be a pretty cool little cross panel. However, every time I do a panel, I like audience participation too, so if you have any stories, feel free to raise your hand. We have a microphone here, you can come and talk, so that way we all can share in all of our stories. That's half of my books are like that. So I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen, I'm an author. I have eight books now published because my current books with the, pu- the printing company, uh, the Nintendo Compendium is being printed currently. Um, so my newest book is NES Oddities, which is here on the table and the Homebrew Revolution. It's a 500 page book. It covers anything that's not licensed, which includes unlicensed, PAL exclusives, Famicom games that don't require reading Japanese to enjoy. All of them. I played every Famicom game to find those. It was insane. Um, All the versus arcade games and Play Choice 10 arcade games. And I went through and comprehensively covered all the NES homebrew games. I thought there was about 100. There's over 580 in my book and I had to split it up by sections on how people publish. So like the Sydney Hunter game for the ColecoVision that's here at this convention, that's a CIB game. Not all brand new homebrew games come out, like the um, Rainbow Bright game right now. That's just a demo. It's just a digital-only game. So there's certain games that never come out on cartridge. So I categorize things like that, and then I put where you can find the digital ones to download for free and play. And my books are kind of collector-based, where you have the check boxes to track what you're collecting. However, with Famicom and homebrews and some of that stuff, it's also cool to use it with like a Raspberry Pi or an Everdrive where you can play all the games, and you can literally categorize your cards based on that. So there's multiple uses for the books that I'm doing, and I keep it very minimalistic when I write. So I write it very short, to the point, and I try to keep it as an easy, easy read, a casual read for a coffee table. That's kind of what I was going for, and so, I made mean, something that I want, because I don't want to do everything that everybody else is doing, I want to do what I'm doing. The other series that I do, is compendiums of personal stories of people in the community. So my Super Nintendo compendium, my Nintendo compendium, and then my Culture Chronicles, which I have 91 here at the convention, is more of a personal take. So it'll be like, alright, so we played Super Mario Brothers, but when I played Super Mario Brothers, I kept falling down pit A, and I kept dying, or something like that, where it just tells about it. Or when I used to rent games at the rental stores when those were a huge thing, and that was the only way we could get new games. like. And people in the community also write in that. So people that back me on crowdfunding also get the opportunity to write in the books and get published right along with me, going to the Library of Congress with the books, everything. So it's a really cool aspect. And I feel like that, to me, that series is a telling of history in the eyes of the people who lived it, which I think is a really cool aspect. Um, So that's me in a nutshell. I also have a podcast where we BS about video games. Um pretty fun and we just had a homebrew game associated with it that just it's sending out to the backers and you play it in a Nintendo entertainment system. It's a homebrew game. It's not in this book because I actually created it after I published the book. <laughs> it's craziness. So it's VGBS season one. And you literally play and you watch the, um, the different ep- episodes, like every episode has a synopsis on the cartridge, and then it comes with a USB thumb drive, you can listen to it. So it's a really cool way to ma- basically have people be able to support the podcast without having to just like donate money. You get something tangible for your collection, which I thought was a cool aspect. So that's enough about me. We gotta go over to the Coleco master himself. Sure. Go ahead and introduce yourself now. Sure,
1: sure. sure. Thanks for uh, this great introduction. Yeah, yeah. So my name is Antoine. I'm a French, living in Canada now. Uh, I wrote the Coleco, the official book, uh, that is available uh, uh, on the Coleco table over there. Um, it was a great experience. Uh, I wrote like, uh, I, I had to research all about the company that started in uh, 1932. And uh, this is something I really love to do. And uh, contrary to, uh, to to Jeffrey, I'm more of uh, of, a, of a history guide, uh, history guy, sorry. And uh, I really love like telling the history of the company. It's uh, it's nothing personal, so it's more like uh, the objective story of uh, of the company and uh, going back. To when it was founded, and uh, coming to the to the to their video game years, and also their uh, era, um, their legacy, the legacy they left uh, for uh, for gamers, and so why we have now uh, new games coming for a console that was released in, uh, in 1932. So it's uh, it's pretty amazing. I had a lot of fun uh, writing it, and uh, I've been writing books on video games now for. Uh, three years uh, nice. I wrote uh, I wrote or co-wrote uh, three uh, four books in french and uh, so this is uh, my uh, my fifth one and I have another one coming but it's not announced yet so I cannot talk about it because my publisher would kill me <laughs> <laughs> so and yeah so that's pretty much uh, um, for me I, I'm working on, uh, on new projects as well but uh, I'm also exploring new New um, new areas, so,
0: yeah. yeah. So so that was kind of what I was talking about, too, is that you mm-hmm. have people that focus on a different dichotomy mm-hmm. of gaming, which is awesome. And it's like, I like how everybody has their own passion and their own niche oh, yeah. and what drives you. And if anybody buys one of his books, make sure you get it signed by this joker. And oh, yeah. Tim right. needs to sit up here, too, you <laughs> jerk. Because <laughs> we're just talking content creation, Tim. You might know a little bit about that. You might heckle, please heckle um, So yeah, basically though, I like that you have your own aspect I got my own aspect, he has his own aspect And speaking of he, who are you and what do you do for this? What's up guys,
2: um, my name is uh, Patrick Pickney Jr. I'm the editor-in-chief of uh, ReviewFix.com I'm also a former editor at NBC And a former national video games writer at Examiner, the late examiner.com. Um, Is it late now? They're dead Oh, I was the oh, Mi- I was the Miami examiner seem, back in the yeah, day. Yeah, they've been dead for a year now. So <laughs> wow! But um, my upcoming book, uh, The Minds Behind the Games, want to just grab Yeah, oh yeah, sure. we'll do it for sure. sure. Che- uh, cheap uh, little plug right there. There you go. Thank you very much. Banner. Um, Banner. It's a little totally bit different guy. from both of their books in the fact that like um, it's interviews with thirty on uh, with over fifty developers on thirty six games ranging from the Atari Twenty Six Hundred to today. So if you're oh, a thirty something right, so. or early forty something. And you grew up with the Atari, the NES, the Super Nintendo, all of those games are featured and it's not like, um, classic games, there are some bad games in there, there are some cult games in there, there are a lot of indie games in there, so it's, um, interviews with the people that made the games. So before, like, we showed the cover, there are probably those people's faces you don't know, and it's because, like, if I ask you right now, like, uh, who makes Pokemon? He knows it's Nintendo, but he doesn't know the guy that made it, right? So. That's, like, a big problem for me in the video game industry, being a classically trained journalist. I'm also the assistant director of the journalism program at Kingsborough Community College in Brooklyn. Um, I've written about video games for 12 years, and it's like people will go, uh, Grand Theft Auto, rock star. But do you know the guy who actually made the game? The guy who
0: had that light bulb moment. Oh, so that's cool. So you're actually giving credit to the people and bringing more light on the people that are doing it, which is... See, and that's another aspect. It's Mm -hmm. like... There's so many awesome people that are doing initiatives, and it's kind of why I wanted to change the focus of the panel away from just NES to content creation and how we're going about things, because literally everybody's going about things their own way, and it's all working pretty well. And it'll be interesting to see the meeting of the minds. Sure. So, So to quantify, like you guys said, how long you've been writing, I've been writing for over 20 years on video games, and I literally started websites back in the day when I was in college, and that just showed my age. 20 years ago. <laughs> um, but it, I've been writing forever. I was the Miami Examiner back like 10, 12 years ago, I think. Yeah. <laughs> when it I, I, read, uh, I ran vgmastersclub.com back in the day, and that site had over a million hits a day because I wrote code for emulation in a browser you didn't have to download. You know how you know you've been working in the industry for a long time? How many sites did you write for that don't exist anymore? Um, so I wrote for Retro Gaming Times <laughs> Monthly. <laughs> Yeah. which now is having their 15th anniversary. They me so nice. to come back and write an article for them. Yeah. I was the pixelated mage is what I was. <laughs> I used to write about cool games on that. Um, so I've been ingrained in doing this for a long time, and only recently did fire hit to the point where people found out about the books I was doing. So uh, back in 20, 2009, I wrote my first book was because VG Masters Club was going away. And what I wanted to do is I was like, all right, so all these articles kind of disappeared. Mm-hmm. I was able to salvage them, but now they're not available anymore. And the archive.org didn't really exist mm-hmm. too well. It still doesn't. If you look at my site, all the articles aren't there. So I was like, well, let me compile all of these. I always wrote about hidden gaming gems. and I'm going to write a hidden gaming gems book in 2009. Yep. I went with a publisher in Europe and they were called uh, Pixel Nation. Have you heard of that company? Nope, no. Um, They're out in Europe, Pixel Nation, and basically they're like, yeah, we'll publish your book, get it out there. We're going to change the name of the cover to Hidden Treasures. And I'm like, but it doesn't say games. Well, Hidden Gaming Gems doesn't have a good ring to it. This was before Metal Jesus started doing his Hidden Gaming Gems videos. And I'm like, but Hidden Gaming, it's about the Hidden Gaming Gems. I could literally have somebody write the Sonic Chaos Emeralds as gems. It would be awesome. They're like, no, 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 Hidden Treasures would be much better. So basically... like a pirate book. Exactly. Like, so if you look up hidden treasures on Amazon right now, it's there. Mm-hmm. Like, some people have found it from the magic of the internet. <laughs> but, like, so, like, that's one of the things that was frustrating me, my first experience with a publisher. So, basically, they folded right as they published my book. And they wrote this Pixel Nation magazine. One of my buddies, uh, he's Mike Tendo, uh, Mike Levy, who's on YouTube. Also, wrote for Pixel Nation magazine. They even misspelled my last name in the first issue. Oh, it was man. awesome. Like, but it was, it was just People one of those things, but like, I was like, I knew no, I didn't know anything better, I was just wanted my name out there, I was like, this is a way somebody's willing to give me a shot, you think about it in old Hollywood style or publishing style, it's like, oh, you're going to give me a shot, I'm going to jump on that. Yeah, you a chance. Heck yeah, and so then, after that, I'm like, alright, so, my next book I want to do is an NES collector's guide, because I hate using apps to look up my collection, because I have thousands and thousands of games, so I'm flipping through my phone. I'm like, I want a pocket guide that can carry around with me the convention so I can not get the same manual of Contra 17 times. So I keep forgetting <laughs> that I have the manual. Like, it's like, ah. Yeah. So my idea was to have a pocket guide. And I was like, oh, I'm going to take it to, uh, I'm probably just going to publish it self-publishing or whatever and all that. And then through the magic of Walter Day of Twin Galaxies, I had an opportunity through a trading card event to meet... Joe Simcoe who does the art for Garbage fail Kids and I didn't know that at the time I just saw his art and he did this whole Sweet Rot book series where he does these cool gross looking things mm-hmm. it's, yeah. a, it's a book series and I was like oh that's awesome have you ever done NES art would you like to do a like, I need, I'm looking for a cover artist that would be amazing I didn't know and he agreed and I didn't know that he did Garbage fail Kids until after he already agreed and I go home and they're like you know that he does garbage fill kits. I'm like, It's like winning the logo and not even knowing. Yeah. So, uh-huh. so having a long drive home, I'm thinking, all right, so now where do I take this? Because, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover, but everybody judges a book by its cover. Yeah, they do. And it's one of those cool aspects. So I was like, I heard of grumblings about a thing called Kickstarter. So Kickstarter was a thing. I was like, well, let me take it to Kickstarter. I saw that the Mighty Number 9 and those were really popular. So I mirrored mine, the style, off of that. So that's one of the things. When you're creating content, you need to see what's successful and kind of mirror your own style after. So if you look at my first Kickstarter, you'll see the same banner headings that other million-dollar Kickstarters use, but it's my own logos, my own stuff. And I was like, well, if it's working for them, so I just started utilizing what made their successful, and then I had a guy who like, basically looks at this stuff for a living and he's like, evaluates Kickstarter to see how well they'll do. And they're like, oh, this looks like you're going to have a multi-million dollar Kickstarter. I'm like, well, that's great. I don't know if i am able to handle that, but okay. Um, so the interesting aspect was I still was going to self-publish. I didn't know anything about... Like, I, I didn't want to go through that publishing headache again, because I don't want my vision limited by anything. I don't want to have to... Strong bad! Oh, okay, I guess <laughs> I'm here now. I love Heclics. I could who I was. I could have just left, but I guess no. this is what I'm doing with my time. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> All right, so, so basically, though, I was still going to self-publish, right? And stop bad. <laughs> But I was still going to self-publish because I didn't know anything about publishing. I didn't want to have anybody limit what I was doing so I'm like, if I self-publish I can still get my vision out there how I want it. And as I was doing that, I was going through uh, Kickstarter. I had you get contacted. If you ever run a Kickstarter, you get contacted by thousands of people. Oh, totally. Everybody's totally. gonna market your <laughs> Kickstarter, do all this stuff. Well, this one guy hits me up and he's like, "Oh, I, I run a, a book printing company. We can get your your book printed out there." And it was a local. I think they're out here in New Jersey. A I don't want to name them out because I have a little heat with them because they have limited options. It's my first couple books were printed with them, and they're, they're limited in options. They'll tell me it's, it's glossy when it's not and stuff like that, but they were willing to give me a shot again and do it. So I was taking the shot on... And it wasn't limiting your... uh, And uh, it wasn't limiting my vision. Because the thing is, is that when you're doing content based on video games, or there's all these trademarks and licenses, you have to be very careful with what you're doing. And fair use is a thing, but there's no definitive black and white guidelines on it. It's a thing. So... Luckily, with my full-time career, because I do this all as a hobby, this is all a passionate hobby of mine. With my full-time career, I have access to lawyers, so I just had them have a quick look at it say, Hey, am I going to get a cease and desist from Nintendo doing my book? And they're like, alright, so you had an art- artist completely redraw your art, he redid everything... And what is the content? And I go, oh, I'm writing about each game. They're like, all right, so as long as you're not just marketing their trademarks and selling their trademarks to make a profit, you're good. Mm-hmm. As long as you're quantifying it with information yes. and doing your own versions, taking your own pictures of cartridges or get authorization from others, um, then you can do it. So that's what I was going for with that and they're not gonna limit me. So that company was fine. Other companies, if you just go contact them and they don't know, they'll just say no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They definitely will. They're not going to research because they don't have time for that. They're looking to do a business. So the thing is is that there's a guy sitting over there, Tim, who might have a super popular Atari book that might dwarf all of us, but he re- I reached out to him, and he actually got me in contact with the name. I took that name, ran with it, and now the quality is way better. And I'm still self-publishing, but I've now gotten to the point where I had to incorporate with an LLC. So my idea is that the LLC, is Hagen's Alley Books is not a, it's a book publishing company now, and what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna help out everybody who's making content, get their stuff out there and their own vision further, as far as possible, because as I go up in quantity, my wife won't let me keep them in the garage anymore. She's, because that's what I did, first books, they go in the garage, I ship them all out to backers by hand, Get it all out there. But now I'm to the point where I have to print so many. And I can print so many with all the people that have supported me. And I thank every single person that supported me on Kickstarter because it's amazing. They're literally Kickstarter is to say you have uh, faith in what that person is doing. You want to see their item come to fruition. You want to see their idea come to fruition. Some people just donate cash. Uh, I'd make it all you can buy the book, you can buy the book, you can buy some, and I always put a bunch of crazy stuff, so leather-bound tomes that'll get rebounded, in 1800s bindery and high-quality leather. I have that, and it costs a lot of money, and I put the, however much it costs. So any item that's not my book on my Kickstarters is exactly what that person charges. Because my book is the idea. I'm not gonna upcharge anything, but that's my own margins, my own idea. That's my personal thing that I do. Other people might upcharge. I'll never do that, because like, say say you have your book, you charge $20 for your book, if I associate with mine, it'll be $20, because that's yours, that's your thing. Um, And that's how I want to do this publishing company. It's gonna be a different, aspect a different weird way to do it but if you already have everything done you want to just have your book stored in the u.s so you don't have to pay canadian shipping to come to the u.s like i have a warehouse now that i have to utilize and i can get you a like i I haven't done contracts forever, but we'll have something some kind of agreement to where it's like all right you just got to pay your fees and then it gets you out there it gets my name out there as the publishing company it gets everybody out there it's a good marketing thing like i'm doing this as a passionate hobby so that's the thing that I want to focus on is like what were your own personal limitations now because I went through a, a quick history of Hagen's Alley and I'm going to have an expansive article that I'm writing about the evolution because now with this new book the quality margin in my opinion is starting I'm raising the bar on myself So I'm gonna try to maybe do a definitive edition of my sold out Super Nintendo book. My Super Nintendo book's been sold out for eight months. I think I'm gonna do a definitive edition, add Super Famicom, like the Famicom in this book, add Super Famicom into it. It's gonna be well over 630 pages now. Right now it's 500. There's a lot of Super Famicom that are in. I already researched it and I'm already starting. I'm live streaming the games on YouTube as I play them because I gotta play them anyways. I play everything. Um, What's up, Strong Bad?
2: what YouTube
0: channel? What YouTube channel? So it's Hagen's Alley on YouTube. Um, yeah, and it's all linked off of my website as well. I have business cards on my table. I have them so in my pocket. Right now you're playing a bunch of Super Nintendo games that no one's ever heard of? Super Famicom games. Super Famicom games. That don't that's require... Specific. Exactly. No one's ever heard of. And that, that you don't have to know or read Japanese to enjoy. So that's the key. So when I play or I go Super Super Famicom and Famicom, and I think I saw Carlson here selling his Famicom stuff like basically if you go over there and pick up some cheap Famicom games half of them could potentially be RPGs so you can't get a full gaming experience out of them so in my book right here the Famicom ones every single one's handpicked where you can enjoy without actually having to read Japanese now there are fan translations and that's another you know immersive aspect that's awesome But these are literally for the collector. You could take my book, and I did it last week as a guy at Famicom, and I picked up some Ninja Kun games for a couple, like five bucks a piece. And it was literally out of my book, and it was awesome. I was like, yes, these are two games I don't have. Boom. These are, and I know I'm gonna be able to enjoy them. them. And then I have a quick quick synopsis. So even if I'm on the fly looking, oh, what is this game? Would I enjoy it? Oh, three sentences. Done. Like it's streamlined. (laughs) Now, remember I mentioned I was gonna do a pocket guide for the Nintendo? Doesn't look like that'll fit in my pocket. Um, everybody backed the big one. The big, I did the color one just to have a coffee table version. Like, a few people got the pocket guides. And a 500 page book's not gonna fit in your pocket either. That's the other thing. My first book was just the license NES. It does, it works great. I had a limited version of the, the paperbacks, which I might do an expansive version later. Uh, but yeah, like seriously, this one is that's what everybody wants. They want the cool thing to go with their collection. And I'm like, you know, that kind of makes sense. I'm marketing a collector's book. And, of course, the collectors want to have something they can collect. Like, and now, on the back of my card, I have all my books so people can collect that. <laughs> like it's, I'm OCD, though, so that's where my solace lies. <laughs> so that's where you know you're going to have all the coolness. So now, I got off tangent. We always go off the river on VGBS, so it's normal. No problem. I want to hear yours. And Strong Bad have a comment. He does. So you know like all the weird NES games? I do. So what is, where does my name come from? Where does your game come from? My which game. Which my one? Where which the, one? Where Episode name, one? Where does the name Strong Bad come from? Where does the name Strong Bad come from? I thought it came from Homestar Runner.net. No, They took it from an NES game! They did. It's a wrestling game. The game called Strong Door? team wrestling for Nintendo Entertainment well, System. No, it, ta- it was Tag Team, right? Tag, tag team. team Wrestling? Yeah, because it wasn't Pro Wrestling with Starman; it was Tag Team Wrestling. The Ricky Fighters versus the Strong Bats. Oh yes, yes. That's awesome. See, that's the historian aspect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. See? Yeah, Take notes yeah. if you do an NES book there. Uh, yeah. But no, that's the key though, is that actually, Tag Team Wrestling was released before Pro Wrestling. Ironically. And yet you don't know the team's names. <laughs> yeah, you got me. It's good that. That's why I write minimalistically about the games, I write about my experiences. <laughs> And the genre, and a little bit about my own experience with the game, for sure. Yeah, because I'm not a historian like some of the guys. Yeah. Who, like, one of the first historians, Leonard, he's going to be doing a talk later. He's he's really knowledgeable. You should ask him that question, see if he gets it later. If he even recognize the story. <laughs> if he recognizes he probably will. The This book is like this. He could probably kill you with it. So I mean, I can almost yeah. bludgeon people this with this Phoenix 4, have you guys seen
2: Phoenix 4? It's oh. massive. Like, he's zero. been writing it since yeah. the
0: 90s. Thousand pages, yeah. 800 yeah. It's eight hundred something pages. But like,
2: there's a there's a chapter on like Ralph Fair and stuff like that. So from like the Odyssey on to now, like the guy's the guy's a genius. Like it's a great Oh yeah. It's and it's literally
0: like the textbook on video game development and the video game. Trying to get him to join us about content creation. He's like, I wouldn't know what to say. I'm like, Yeah you would it's like I don't create content. Like you you made like, you like he yeah. creates content. he's like, crazy. It's like Tim over there trying to sit in the back acting nonchalant. He knows. Yeah, he be. has something. He has something to say. <laughs> this is BGBS. We always BS. Um, so go ahead. I want to hear yeah, yeah. your story now. Yeah. now I want to hear your, your story. <laughs> so I approached
1: the game completely <laughs> differently. Um, so yeah. you, you did a lot, lot, lot of research.
0: I did two, but I didn't execute as well. And personal experience is my research, yeah. too. Like I live it. That's my thing. My, yeah. my book says through my living of it.
1: And, but also, the thing you did well
0: is like you you took uh, a, an
1: already popular subject, mm-hmm. like Nintendo is is popular and will always be popular. And uh, for me, so writing a book on Coleco, it was a huge bet because there was nothing like this. Because uh, it's actually right now the only book on the company. Um, so it's it's, uh, it, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. But as a pioneer, you you also have like uh, all the struggles sure. or you, all the you Set need the to. Yeah, yeah, you need to to uh, to um, to experiment with uh, with everything, and it's uh, this is this is where I uh, I I failed in a way because like uh, I didn't um, uh, market my Kickstarter the same way you did. Uh, I didn't. Uh, um, yeah. Uh, I didn't get uh, as much uh, uh, like coverage also with uh, with it. so, so
0: because the th- it's a it's a very very niche project. Like. Um, and the thing is, you only know. What you know, though, so you didn't do anything wrong. It's just that yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly.
1: And, and, the, and the market was also not the same. Like, uh, when uh, did you go to Kickstarter? Two thousand fifteen. Yeah, late okay. two thousand fifteen. Yeah, November okay. two thousand fifteen. And uh, so, yeah, it was uh, it was a whole different, uh, whole different game. And uh, also, like you, I, I had some difficulty with the printers. Uh, Like I had some books printed backwards. Uh, I had some books like uh, I had the cover.
0: um, Yeah, we were actually off center. We're talking about this morning. Like my cover was actually shifted on my whole first print run of the (laughs) complete NES. And I told them they sent me a whole new version, and then I discounted and sold the other ones. Like, hey, I'm OCD. This bothers me. If it doesn't bother you, you can buy it. But that's the
2: thing.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. Because yeah, you you had the patience to do that. I didn't. So I just, just, yeah, I just went on with it. And Sounds better so, sort of
2: with the French accent,
1: too. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I did it, you know. No, yeah, the, I'm, not, I'm not, I am I'm impatient, so if, uh, if, if the product is not, uh, is not okay, so, yeah, I just, uh, I didn't want to make my backers wait, so I, uh, I shipped them uh, that, and uh, I was lucky because they were, they were happy with that, and maybe because also it was the only book available on the subject, So, this is why. uh, So, are you ingrained in any Coleco communities, like forums? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, on AtariAge, I. On AtariAge? AtariAge, yes, sorry. (laughs) I was a little um, I'm also on the, on the Facebook groups because this is the beauty of Facebook. You have groups for uh, pretty much everything and so you have group for, uh, for Coleco and uh, yeah. people are very active on it sure. and it's uh, crazy to see that uh, some see, people for, are still nin- making
0: games. So for Nintendo I was lucky because Nintendo Age, I've been on there since 2009 and I was oh, heavily right. involved. Yeah. So literally I already had people that knew me on there as the guy who writes about games. So I kind of used that, and then as I said earlier this morning, I got lucky, like literally got picked up by a bunch of websites when I did my NES book because I was focusing on the art. There were no no books at the time that had the box art screenshot with writing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody yeah, yeah. did that. Like mm-hmm. Brett Wise had his his was text only based yeah. and it covered multiple books. Yeah. I like yeah. that, but I wanted to see because who here has been fooled by the box art where you get a box of a game oh, and then yeah. you play it and you're like, oh, what is this? Like <laughs> it doesn't happen with Pokemon. But and every other game It happens. With the Mega Man it. box art is my favorite thing in the world. Oh, Mega Man 2 with Mark. Mark they look nothing like... <laughs> The characters. So, so the cool thing about that one is I met the artist at Portland. Nice, and he may write my Genesis cover. He might do my Genesis cover for me. Oh, that'd be that'd amazing. Be, that'd be awesome. <laughs> be amazing. So I, I, I don't know though if I can afford him. We'll see. Because everybody, when you're dealing with real artists, like it's you gotta pay no, them and, and for their just, work. Yeah, it's, it's normal
1: because they, mm-hmm. usually they produce like a great stuff. So yeah.
0: So this art right here is done by Philo Barnhart, who actually. Did the art for Dragon Slayer, Space Ace, Dragon Slayer 2, as well as he's a Disney artist who did The Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, The Secret of Nim, which is not Disney, and he did The Black Cauldron for Disney, and oh, a yeah. bunch of TV shows. So I met him at a convention last year and we were doing shots of Saki, and I just asked him if he'd do a <laughs> cover. <laughs> he said, Absolutely. So, yeah, alcohol, I mean, man. I mean, that's Every the time. cool thing, Every though, time. is that we, we were chatting, and he has, a, you know, a manager, publisher, they deals with, it's a comic book publisher, and, I mean, we're all hanging out, and they're really awesome, genuine guys, and they did the cover, like, it was basically the same situation when I met Joe Simcoe for the Garbage Pail Kids, like, literally, I want to do everything ground pound, like, I want to meet people and be associated, so, the fact when I'm doing the publishing thing, if I know you, like, we're gonna, we're gonna get everybody out there better, it's cooler that yeah. way. So continue. And, and, We're going off and, the river. Yeah,
1: and this is also something we are, we will be doing <laughs> because, like you, I I, uh, I wanted to do my own publishing company and I did, but I failed. And, uh, so I failed yeah. because I was uh, on my own and I wasn't ready to, uh, to do everything online. Because it's a lot of work, you know, that. Mm-hmm. and um, sometimes it's easier to go with the with the publisher. Uh, yeah. It's much, much easier to go with the publisher yeah, but the Yeah, but it has some limitations, So sure. like, uh, mm-hmm. like you said. Um, and I, I, I know both now, and, um, and also doing this uh, made me realize that uh, I don't have like uh, all the skills required to, to do everything. So I know how to write, uh, I think. And um, so for me, I realized that it was better to focus on this than to focus on all the financial aspects and, uh, and yeah. the marketing and stuff. So,
0: so that was the one thing actually, we had breakfast this morning, and we were talking about it is, is that the difficult part was is that when you were doing the publishing, you were living off that. That makes it stressful. Me, I work a full-time job. Well, Mm -hmm. this is all passionate hobby that's gonna be fun. So even when I retire from my main career, I may still do a job on top of it just to make sure because I'll go and do my job and then I'll spend all night working on books or working on shipping or working on an aspect and I do it every day. And it's after I hang out with my family because I have a wife and a daughter too. And I do the family thing too. I make sure I do every aspect. But the key is that I enjoy it and I do it because it's fun. If you make it a job, you make it work it no longer becomes that but, thing in my that, mind. The,
1: there are there are still some uh, some good parts because you know yeah. when I was writing the book I, I loved it. Like uh, I loved doing the research. I loved like uh, exactly. speaking to to, uh, to, to 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 people who work at Coleco, It was really really great.
0: The historical aspect, you got to interview yeah, exactly, the people. That's exactly. awesome. But,
1: when i was confronted to, to the publishing aspect to uh, to like uh, dealing with the printers uh, dealing
0: with the, yeah. the um,
1: with people who were not happy with the with the books uh, like because it was written backwards or it was the cover so
0: so was that's folded. the hard part for you exactly
1: exactly yeah. for me like dealing with those parts like uh, having to uh, to 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 be confronted to uh, to those it's, it's not funny so and for no. me yes, it's something that, that you love doing should be funny so like it should be fun not funny but fun like you should enjoy it and mm-hmm. so this is why i will uh just focus on writing because yes focusing yeah. is, a, is a whole different aspect but i didn't know i didn't know that back then
0: now i know at least i tried and knowing it, this half so. the battle oh yeah <laughs> <laughs>
2: yes
0: you got it <laughs> and yeah so, so, I,
1: <laughs> so we'll just now uh yeah. focus on the writing and uh, maybe like contribute with you uh, and,
0: and that's the cool thing is that like that's why I wanted to do what I'm doing because I'm OCD but I'm also an extrovert so I'll go and contact the printing company and go hey this is jacked up like what's going on uh, the current printing company like the one that Tim interests me they're Absolutely professional. Like seriously, like yeah. you'll see the difference. Like it's it's night and day when you're dealing with a real pro company to who I was previously dealing with. But I don't pull any punches with them. Like you're paying for a service. Like I'll go there and get it. Mm. So that's the things that I'm gonna offer. Is like depending on who you are, you may need to have different needs. And yeah. that's the thing is I'm the one thing that I didn't like about the publishing company aspect was that literally you would make three to five percent on every book that you sell, and it's like. I can't grow my business and my company and my books and I can't do more books if I'm giving 95% of that to you to just market it. You're not doing any of the creation. You're not spending the hundreds of hours just formatting the book and then the more hundreds and hundreds of hours of writing and the research and the hours. Like You're not doing that. So my thing is is that like with my business, I have a completely separate bank account that I use for a different bank that I use for that. It's all separate. So everything that I sell here at the convention or online all goes into the, yeah. the business. And then the business is to grow the business. And that's the hardest part of separation yeah. that people and don't you, have. And you didn't have that pressure. That, uh, yeah. You needed that to, uh, to actually pay your rent. Yeah, yeah. I, like my, so my books are just, to help Hagen's Alley yeah. you know, get bigger. And if they sell, great. If they don't, I'm still cool because people enjoy it. My thing is, I made the books because I knew I would like them. If one more person enjoys them, that's awesome to me. Because you got a cool nostalgic experience off of that book. Mm-hmm. And that's my thing. Like, And if I can keep that fun through all my books, and I've done now seven books in the last two years published, and if I can keep it fun... That's the best part. Yeah. Like, and if you enjoy it or somebody else enjoys it, you know, if it has Strong Bad in it doing his crazy, ah, like, that's awesome. Yeah, like, otherwise
1: we won't be doing that. Right?
0: Yeah, otherwise we wouldn't be doing it. Like, are you passionate about games? I'm passionate about games. You're passionate about games. We're putting forth the time. I want to make sure that it doesn't turn into something that I regretted doing because it, now, it's, now games are fun.
1: No, yeah, but yeah. I mean, even though I, uh, I failed with the company, I don't regret uh, once like doing it because mm-hmm. it was an experience. Absolutely. Uh, I learned a lot of stuff. Uh, and I met great people like you and uh, like Pat also. So if it was to, if I had to, to do it again, I would. I would change a lot of stuff, of course.
2: Oh, of uh, course.
0: In hindsight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> in hindsight, it's 2020. But, uh, and everybody can sit around an armchair quarterback and tell you how to better things. Um, and that's the main thing. So if somebody critiques you, first of all, don't respond immediately. Never respond immediately. Yeah, listen. But just read it because there's some merit behind that. Somebody didn't enjoy something that you're doing, so what can I do to tweak something or Mm. can I modify it or what? Like there's one guy that left me a lambasted read. There's a Reddit article on the how they hate my Super Nintendo books (laughs) cover. There's a whole article on it. Yeah, but you can and it, learn... It, and you that's can learn still none. Joe Simcoe, who does Garbage Bill Kids. And they hate it. And it's just, he did his own version of a Super Nintendo Man. It's on my banner. Um, but the thing is, is that they're so passionate about Super Nintendo that it bothers them enough to write about it. They're still passionate about the Super Nintendo. There's something there. So I'm, I just read it, and you to got to take the personal feelings away, because yeah, yeah, I did yeah. spend thousands of hours on the book. That's
1: the hard part, but you got to do it. But you have also like the, the, the critics when you when you um, when you share your project, your work in, your your work in progress mm-hmm. project with some other people because this, this happened to me uh, when I was writing my first book. Yeah. And um, so I sat there paci- patiently and I listened to uh, to all the critics. So sometimes it was uh, hard. Yeah. but I learned a lot and uh, this is thanks to those critiques that I uh, I managed to, uh, to improve myself and to exactly. improve my writing also it makes I, everything if better I didn't, if I didn't stay there or if, I didn't, if I had just but responded and uh, just uh, said well, who are you to, uh, to tell me that and, uh, it wouldn't it wouldn't, it, would, it wouldn't have
0: been the same yeah. exactly you don't have
2: haters you're doing something wrong exactly, exactly. that's
0: how yeah. you know you so, get to that next level when you have critiques And so a perfect example I posted my 1990 Culture Chronicles cover, and one of goes, looks like shit. That was his comment, and I'm like, so I read, I responded, but I go, why? And yeah, he goes, wait, what? For those comments, And so, you, you need then more he detail. goes, oh, I can't read the text based on this. I'm like, oh, so if I do a white highlight around it, you can read it, is that better? Oh, that looks awesome now. Like you didn't have to write looks like shit. You could have put like, hey, I can't read the text on it, and I would have been able to improve it easily. But I had to literally pull that out of the person because it's much yeah. easier oh, yeah. just to write garbage. Well, we live in a troll nation. Yeah, exactly. yeah,
1: and so. it's it's especially right now, know, yeah, in the time of the internet, the uh, mm-hmm. social networks, and all that so much easier, yeah. you
2: know, be strongbed, you know, to you know, be yourself. Exactly. Exactly. your we, we need to get over to you. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was in a weird spot. I'm gonna go more into this in my, uh... Oh, yeah! Panel next so He's gonna have a panel, too, today, and so we'll hear right it. Right after this, just about my book, but, um... I was in a weird spot because I'm... Um, We're doing history now. Yeah. So, talk about what, what do you mean? Like, oh, how it came to be? This review, your
0: content. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, <laughs> I'm messing with you. No, no, no it's okay. On, so, it's like I, I've, I've run my own. He's a troll. He's a troll. Yeah, it's okay. It's alright. I run my own website for about nine years, so it's like I'm used to like you know trolls and stuff Excellent. like that, and I've written for websites, so I'm used to that. Like somebody. Somebody wished me cancer. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I wrote a yeah. uh, review of a Fallout New Vegas DLC, and on my birthday, my like, 23rd or 24th birthday, somebody was like, dude, like this game is awesome. You should just die of cancer. And to me, I was like, that's awesome. Right. <laughs> it's you, like. You get the whole guy's direct, drink bleach. <laughs> so it's like, have you guys ever seen the Howard Stern movie, Private Parties? Okay, so then they do the research, and they say that like, the average Stern lover listens for a half an hour. And when they right, ask right. why, it's okay. because they want to hear what he says next. And then when they interview the average turn hater, the average turn hater listens for two hours. And they, when they X Y, they say, because I want to hear what he says next. You guys ever meet somebody that you love the first second you met them, and then now you hate them, you can't even stand them? Or the other way around, the first time you meet somebody. So it's like, as long as you can get a reaction out of somebody, yep. you're doing something right. It's like professional wrestling. John yep. Cena comes out. It's either they love him or they hate him. When somebody comes out and you hear crickets, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. when that person's doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. So um, I was in a bit of a different spot than them because sure. I I uh, I didn't want to do a book just on one thing. Mm-hmm. So like sure. uh, I feel like, and this isn't a slight against either one of you. Yeah, people, of, course, of are great, course, But I feel like pushups. <laughs> I feel like I feel like real gamers have no brand loyalty at all. I feel like they're they're super fickle. Like now mm-hmm. I'm playing the Switch. But, like, me too. a month ago, I was, like, hardcore PS4, and, like, but I still play all my retro stuff. So I wanted to write a book that kind of, like, encapsulated, like, my entire childhood from, like, the Atari 2600 to today. So
0: so just to defend myself, go ahead, go ahead. they put me as the Nintendo guy on the banners, but I'm doing the complete Sega Genesis sure, snack. Sure. And then I'm doing a complete TurboGrafx-16. Exactly. Game. I'm completing every system. Yes. But that's just because I'm OCD and insane, mm. though, too, so... Got issues. So, <laughs> but, so I have no brand loyalty, no, no, even though awesome. I do love my Nintendo. I have yes. a tattoo, but
2: exactly Mario. I mean, I'm an, I, well. if, if if you guys put a gun to my head right now, I would tell totally tell you I was a Nintendo guy. Like I have a modded like Game Boy, black Game Boy, white silicone buttons, nice. backlight. It's like my baby. I play Pokemon Red on it all the time. I love it, but it's like I, <laughs> I'm fat. I like all you can eat, so that's how I game too. I game the same way that I eat. A little bit of everything, you yeah. know. Um, you do you? Yes. <laughs> So um, with all that experience in mind, and like, running your own website is, is a really big help because people yes. send me, like my, uh, my website, reviewfix.com, is like comic books, video games, music, it's like everything. So I remember um, when I was in graduate school, um, I was trying to get more funding for the website, and one of my professors is Jeff Jarvis, he's the founder of Entertainment Weekly. Mm-hmm. And he was like, all right, bro, he's like, I like that you have all of these different things, but a site that covers all of these different things isn't gonna last. And this is like in 2010. And I was like, I'm telling you, in like five years, every site is going to cover like multiple things. You're not just going to have a video. And he's like, no, 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 no. Now IGN covers comic books. Now like GameSpot covers film. Like all these websites, they're in like this constant rush for traffic. They're constantly creating content in different ways. So I said to myself, if well, I'm gonna write a book, I'm gonna write a book that talks about as many different Smart. games and different... So that was just
0: my way of like being a journalist, played a role and, in... And you said a key word, traffic. So traffic. so I'm gonna always go back to Kickstarter because it gets new eyes on it. Mm-hmm. It was something I was telling my wife who sells LuLaRoe clothing, I'm like, you need more feet to go buy more people to see it, because your stuff, your book, your book, it sells itself. More people just gotta see it. It's like the so best the restaurant in the worst
2: location. Yeah, you exactly. Know? And it's hard too, because like, I remember when I was working at NBC, I would write, I remember um, April Fool's Day, like 2012, I wrote an article about how the original Star Wars script, the original uh, Star Wars screenplay was gonna be made into a comic book. So I pitched it to my editor, because I got a press release, and I, I called up Dark Horse, like while I was Dark Horse Comics, while I was on the, on the way to work. And I'm like, is this an April Fool's joke or is this like for real? They're like, no, it's for real. So as I'm walking to work, I do the interview with the writer and I'm like writing it on my BlackBerry and uh, the article got like 3 million page views, which was great for the day. I was like the hero for the day. But then a couple of other websites just basically took quotes from mine and then added a link and some of those websites got more hits. So the thing is, that sucks, you know? But you can't do that if you're writing a book. If you're writing a book, people can like take excerpts and things like that. But if you wrote the book, like you're the guy that's gonna like get the credit. So it's like, I kinda like broke that Star Wars story, but I'm sure that like Hollywood Reporter or this place or that place got more traffic. But when you do that with a book, it's completely different. That's the reason why like I, I decided to write a book because I had written yeah. for websites for so long and I was just sick and tired of like doing something really good and then having other people like take pieces of it and then make their own content and get more traffic when I was the one
0: with the original idea. With the book, you can't do that. So, I do like the historical quantification when you make a book. It's tactile. It's there. You have it. It's, it's, it's oh, like stored like forever. Yeah. Somebody buys my book and has it, it's out there forever potentially. Like it's there. That's what I like about it and that's why when people go, are you going to do an app for that? I'm like, well, I made my first book because I hate the app. Like, it would kind of be ironic to do an app on my book. Like I could. I yeah. I could make the app. I have a I have a degree in computer science. I can literally have the boxes and make the book in an app form and make it cool you could check it off. There's apps that do that already, though. Mm-hmm. So, like, I could have it have my name on it. It'd be cool, but... Like eh,
2: there's uh, just a, there's something so and it's probably not the right word but there's just like something so sexy about like <laughs> having the book yeah. always, always like you know that it's always there I remember like Examiner went out of business like August 10th of last year and I had like 3,000 articles there like I interviewed Daniel Bryan for there Ultimate Warrior um, a ton of like a little bit of pro wrestling yeah a little bit yeah. um, but a lot of really good video sure game it. developers too and I'm like I remember going to the site and they said that it was going to be down like August 10th or whatever and then the next day August 11th I, I went to and I'm like maybe it's still there maybe you know nope. and i went there and it was like access.com and i'm like yep wow all that stuff so thank god i had it all saved and i like kind of ported it over to to my site but you can't do that with the book yeah. you know and uh i will say yeah. like um you guys had your experiences with publishers and like um you mentioned brett weiss before brett weiss wrote the foreword to my book uh-huh um he's like my obi wan kenobi like he's just yeah. an awesome guy great historian. Yep. Um, And, like, he helped me. He, like, nurtured me through, like, the the publishing process, which, you know, I I reviewed his uh, 100 greatest console games. And then, uh, like, three months later, I decided to write a book. And then I'm like... I'm like you, in a way. Like, I have cojones. I'm like, I'll walk over to somebody. I'll
0: have a conversation with them. You have to be that way. And and, and I like the fact that the community, like, Tim gave me a contact. Like, we help each other out. That's that's what I want my publishing company to be, is I help everybody out. I don't necessarily have to make millions of dollars on doing a publishing company. I just want people to have more experiences out there. And can learn from and each other. you mentioned books, but th- as much as, as we're passionate for the tactileness of books, YouTube creators are as passionate about sure. their content. Sure. But what we're both talking about here, because I want to justify it. if somebody listens online and they'll troll oh, yeah, us on yeah, that, yeah. Um, is that literally that YouTube channel could get taken down for copyright, sure. or could go away, or that channel, or YouTube, YouTube could go, go away, eventually 20 years, 30 years, you don't know, so yep. it could get bought out by another company that's bigger and gone, yep. whereas the book, guess what? You already got one in your house. It ain't going away. It's there. Like, it's done. That's what I like about the tactileness of having something tangible. It's kind of why with my podcast when we marketed it, I put it as a Nintendo cartridge that you can physically play in your Nintendo because now you have something physical about VGBS. VGBS now is in the history books. It's always going to be that. And we're also the first that did this text-based game-style cartridge too, which we set another little record. But I always like to do stuff that nobody's done. Mm-hmm. So, I go off the river, by the way. Go no, continue. no, that's in you.
2: <laughs> so, I mean, I was kind of in the same spot. Like yeah. I saw everyone else was doing all of these great projects and, like, um, they all have different types of writing styles. Like, you and yep. Brett have a similar writing style that, like, you... Guys like do a great job of being able to sum something up in like paragraph, you know? And I like to think that like I'm more I of a, it up more
0: than Brett does too. You do, you do, you do. <laughs> it's not, and the thing is writing minimalistically is not easy. It's not. Oh yeah. It not, is not, tough. So when I have people that wrote for my Super Nintendo book, I go, oh no, no, you're writing literally a full page here. I need it in this little <laughs> yeah. text box. And guess what? It can't be under 12 font because if you go under 12 font, it's hard to read. So I, I might go down to 11, 11.5 but, like, literally, there's certain books that it's tiny, tiny text. Like, it is a art to write, minimalistically. And that's that's my style, though. Mm-hmm. That's my thing, and, and I'll be the one to do it. Whereas, if you want to write verbosely, that's your style. That's what yeah. people will expect. See, I wouldn't even say, like, um, I know you didn't say it was verbose, but, like, um...
2: Oh, I did. And it did. <laughs> <It's laughs> not <laughs> out no, yet. You can't read it. I, I read was it. verbose. But, um... I, I enjoy writing feature style articles. Yeah, yeah. So like um, my master thesis, I wrote about like pro wrestling, and I wrote about like how somebody goes from like watching WWE on TV to like becoming a WWE performer. Like that whole from once the, the daily story. Yeah, basically. And like I went to Gleason's <laughs> gym and I trained with those guys for like a week and I got body slammed and this and that and I I almost died. I got a staph infection on my face because the mat was so filthy. But like. Okay. That feature was the dirty underpants. Yeah, oh, yeah, but th- that that feature was probably like it was like five thousand words. It was one of the, the things that I enjoyed the most about writing, like being able to spend that much time. I interviewed all these wrestlers: Diamond Dallas Page, Harley Race, Low Key, like all these cool That's guys nice. that I like. And it's I'm amazing. like, if I did this on like the video game industry, because it's like just right here. This is like your classic. I'm sorry, I'm picking on him. This is like your classic gamer right here. Mm-hmm. You know. And they don't know who made the games that they play. You know? so, and I figured it would be great for me to, so I ended up just contacting all of these people via Facebook, Instagram, um, emails, deep, deep Google searches, eight, ninth page on Google, and I got in contact with all these people, and uh, I had a wife that was five months pregnant, and I had a mom that was, is, still is fighting stage four lung cancer, all that stuff going on and I, I just plowed through. I was I interviewed Howard Scott Warshaw at like eleven thirty at night in my kitchen because I didn't want to wake up my pregnant wife. And he is
1: impossible you know? to coordinate with. Yeah.
2: But he's great. He's a great guy. He is awesome. Yeah, you know?
1: 1 30 p.m. at night. Yeah. So. That's yeah. What well, he is impossible he's, to say. Exactly he's in hard.
2: California, so it was yeah. like probably 8 30 oh, okay. for him after he spent his day, you know, listening to other people's problems. You know. So yeah, uh, yeah. he's a great see? guy. So but that was my that was my process. Just like I, I made a list of like fifty developers that I wanted to speak to. I got 37 of them to say yes. And then I got 36 to actually do it. The only person that said yes that I never got back in contact with was Alan McNeil. Does anyone know who Alan McNeil is? No? Wow, Berserk on the Atari 2600, the arcade game. It's a great game. People actually died playing it, like, competitively. So uh, that was the only guy. Everybody else said yes, and their stories, like, each one of those, their stories. Like, I connected with all of these guys on Facebook, like, I remember my wife was in labor, and I was talking to uh, Mike Scoopa. Does anyone know who Mike Scoopa is? No, the developer of Bully on the PS2, and okay. he's like. Everything okay? Like, did you get my answers? I'm like, yeah, but like my wife's actually like in labor right now. He's like, Oh good shit, blah blah blah. I'm like, oh my god. And my wife's like, What are you doing? I'm like, I'm talking to Mike Scuba. Cool. She's like, who this Mike Scuba. Cool, huh? And I'm like, so it was like Mark Turmel from NBA Jam was like sending me pictures of his kids. He's like, This is what you're gonna go through in like a year from now. And I'm like, the creator of NBA Jam is sending me pictures of like his kids playing. You know, a- you know what I'll say? In the classic it's like he's a human being. Yes, but see that's the thing. That's again, that's the reason why I, I know.
0: Look, that's the best part. Because we don't yeah, know that these YouTube. people are human Things, you know we just... it, it humanizes the whole community which is so, awesome so in that
2: process like i found out that these creators are great people and then I, I met like again brett and so many other video game writers like and i reached out to so many other people and the things that you didn't like to do like the selling i'll, I'll sell a lady in a white dress to catch a popsicle if i have to you know so like uh i contacted people like huffington post Forbes, they all wrote about the book and stuff. I contact people, like, every day.
0: Like, interview me. Yeah, you know, it like, was amazing. I send them a press release, you know, so that's, like... So, so Hagen's Alley Books might be contacting somebody for fine. hours. <laughs> that's fine. That's You know, so... I don't know, that's the one thing, is that there is never, ever enough time in the day to yeah. do everything. Mm-hmm. Coming up to these conventions is great, because I get a get a yeah. break. Yeah. Like it's awesome yeah. I get to come hang out Talk with people And play some games And I mean, this is my solace like, like, I, like I told you guys Like I teach
2: um, A full time English And journalism professor And like if my kids Are taking a test I shouldn't be saying this live But I mean What am I yeah, yeah. Um, If my kids are taking a test And I have like 20 minutes to myself I'm like oh I'll send a press release To somebody yeah. You know Or I'll contact somebody Like when, when yeah. I was answering yeah. <laughs> he, he interviewed me On his site RetroGameBooks.com And like my students Were taking a final And I had like an hour To myself And my students were like What the fuck is he typing? Yeah. Yeah, and
0: and he's they all failed that finals. they couldn't count. I know, right? yeah. But uh,
2: <laughs> that's what I mean it's hard work, like what Thanks, we we do? it's fun go. and yeah, it's a passion, I know, but, I know. but it's crazy. You know, there's not enough time. I go to bed tired every morning, I wake up tired, and I have a daughter that doesn't let me sleep. You know, and I don't five so my daughter is five months, so it's like. Oh yeah, you definitely don't get any sleep yet. So yeah. and I have a great wife that hates games, but she understands like what I'm doing, so that's that's good. See, my
0: wife loves games. So then you're lucky. I'm three hundred like, something on GTA Online right now on PS4. The only thing my wife will play with me is like it. Pac-Man and Parappa the Rapper. That's it. My wife. Yeah. If I hear that fucking song one what more is it? time. Paperboy yeah. two on the Super Nintendo. with it. Wow. So, so, but yeah. and, and the thing is, and you have these cool stories, all the people that you've interviewed for your book now that you'll mm. always have, Oh yeah! that's a new nostalgia for you. I tell people all the awesome. time, like journalists and writers
2: won't make the most money, but they'll have the coolest fucking stories oh, like, yeah. in bars. Oh, yeah. Like you'll be sitting down in a bar shows. with somebody and
0: be like, oh, you know, I interviewed this guy. Well, and people go, what? You know? So, so that's why my compendiums exist, mm-hmm. because literally I went to the Twin Galaxies event And I met Walter Day, and you meet all these guys that have all these world records and this history and arcades. And they all had these awesome stories. And I'm like, so where is that? Do you have that? No. And I'm like, all right, so I need to do a history of competitive gaming book. Like I was telling Walter, he said, oh, my God, nobody's really done it from that perspective. And I'm like, so then I'm like, go take it another step. I'm doing a Nintendo book. Let's do everybody's stories on Nintendo because I've had stories – that I heard from my new Nintendo one that I didn't even know were a thing. They were I didn't even know that they were an experience. Yeah. Super Nintendo, we had a guy tell about when he was in Mortal Monday waiting in line for oh, Mortal yeah. Kombat. Uh, and oh, it was yeah. like, and his dad gave him the money and he ended up having to give the money to his brother. And that's Lance Cortez from RetroWare TV who yeah. told that story. Like Well it's like the story that like, I was like telling you before. Boom. Yeah. Uh the game have
2: any of you guys ever played the Fireman for Super Nintendo? Yes. It's an awesome game. Mm-hmm. So the guy, the guy that made that game is doing mountain tours in Canada now. He's not even in the video <laughs> game industry anymore, and he's wow. an excellent developer. Oh yeah, that game's and then, awesome. And he was actually a student in Human Entertainment's uh, like uh, software development, like firm or school or whatever so like he was
0: a student when he made that game and that circles back to pro wrestling because human did all the fire pro wrestling well this is pro ever. wrestling was, oh. this is awesome mm-hmm. yeah we, we did a whole like pro wrestling episode on our podcast which we called something else but
2: again to go back to what you're saying nobody yeah. knows these
0: stories nobody knows and these no stories and no one asks and you know, we also. need them we need them and we need those stories and then that's our history that we're that you're living right now and yeah, yeah. and and they're telling their story that they did back in the day which is gonna hopefully be quantified in your book hopefully yes hopefully. it will be it will be it'll be excellent and that's the thing though is that that'll be your style your thing it's and that's the cool thing is like you're gonna do your aspect i'm gonna do my aspect you're gonna do your aspect and we're gonna have a cohesive picture yeah. Art of atari that's another aspect a whole yeah, different there is, mentality there is a place it's for awesome. everything Okay. And, and there definitely is. Yeah. And the key is if we all help each other out with our experiences and everything, like literally everything's going to grow. What time is it right now? How much time we got? It is 1.12. Because the next guy who's doing it, he might beat me up if I go too long. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, uh, but seriously though, if everybody helps out each other, and that's why like, I like putting these on live too. Sure. Because we have a lot of people that listen to us with the podcast. You listen to it while you're driving and when you're running and posting selfies of yourself uh, <laughs> but uh the key is though is that like if you hear it and you're out there listening like just help out contact us don't ever feel like you can't just reach out to somebody if you have an idea there's a way to do it Absolutely. and the YouTube creation community does the same thing if it doesn't hurt you to help somebody you should do it like every Always. single time 100% of you know? the time like um...
2: This was like on Tuesday. I go to there's a retro video game store in Brooklyn that I like basically live in. I'm like Norm from Cheers when I walk in there. Uh, Nice Brooklyn video games. And uh, this guy was in there and he's like, I know you. And I'm like, I I don't I don't know you. (laughs) And he's like, Oh, my name's Carcinogen. This guy does speed runs of the Resident Evil games. And then uh, we were talking about indie games, my book and stuff. And he's like, I need some like contacts. I need somebody at Activision. I'm like, Boom, here. And he's like, Well, what do I have to give you? And I'm like, Nothing. And he's like, What? And I'm like no it's not like a blood oath or anything like that like if I can help you it doesn't hurt me to help you and, and he was yeah, like yeah. but
0: that's what but yeah. you should do a blood oath I don't know why you don't uh, do blood oaths. No. You know I mean? <laughs> like, if you can help somebody when I point, yeah if you could always help somebody you don't like there's no reason not to you should always do I'm that a firm believer in, in karma like if you're a,
2: yeah. if you're a bastard somebody it's gonna come back and bite you in the well years, and you know? the
0: thing is if you're always stressing on negativity you're gonna feel negative and you're not gonna have that energy and yes. motivation mm-hmm. to spend those extra couple hours after yes. you're up all night yep yeah. Doing the next thing you need to do for your book. Yes. And I'd like literally right now, I'm developing all the different formats. Because uh, I gotta format all my books, I do all the editing. I'm building the formats and the pages right now for the Super Famicom section when I do the definitive complete Super Nintendo. When I do that, I, like, I'm building them all. And they, they take hundreds of hours just to do the, the actual formatting. And I'll, I'll get them done quickly. I'll be done in a few months. Like, I'm gonna have that sucker on Kickstarter as soon as I get my, my uh, NES Compendium book shipped out. I'm going to launch that Kickstarter. It's already formatted and ready to go. I already have it. I'm starting to do 3D book pages now. It kind of looks really cool, a little fancy. <laughs> I've seen other guys do it, so I'm like, let me get a little fancy with this one. But, um, but that's the thing, though, is that it'll be ready to launch and then because I don't like having a dangling project out there and then you launch another one. Like, no, it has to be out in everybody's hands that supported me, that took the time to say, hey, I like your vision. So I'm going to do that and then I'm going to launch and the key is though is i'm spending hours doing it and i have i just started playing the games for the super famicom and i write it as i play it so when you're when you're watching me live stream like there's gonna be a time where i'm sitting there typing up my thoughts like and i'll go back later and edit it and make it actually make sense because yeah i'm insane <laughs> Got it. Got to make it cohesive and co- coherent at that point. I mean, I'm sure you guys have been there.
2: It's like you're making every second of every day yeah. count. No, no. Absolutely. absolutely. It's hard sometimes. Like, my book, I was writing on the, on the bus, on the train, and, in the bathroom. You know, like, any place that, like, if the idea came, it's like I started writing, you know? So, I mean, that's the way. You know what we call that, right?
0: What? Passion. You thought I was going to say insane. Something. Or something. <laughs> no, no, it's passion. If you're passionate about something, you'll make the time. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. So, um, since we're probably getting close to time, what I'm going to do is I'm going to wrap up. So, where can people find you? Go ahead.
1: Well, so, on the internet. So, on Twitter at uh, ACR underscore collection. Uh, on Facebook, you can reach out to me as well. And uh, also on, the, on my website, uh so mm-hmm. retrogamingbooks.com. Uh, because so I love books. so that retrogamingbooks.com yeah, that's yeah, a yeah. good URL because okay. I love I love those books and I, I think we, uh, we don't have uh, enough of them uh, we should have more and this is uh, I this is why also I commend you guys for, uh, for your books and give your, your name again them.
0: Antoine Claire Renault. so
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> there you go so, so I'm Jeffrey Wittenhagen everything I have is available at HagensAlleyBooks.com. Uh, it's a plan, Hogan's Alley, that's my wife's idea Hagan, last name's Witten Hagen, so Hagan's Alley.com um, And everything's available there I have a bookstore on the right side, so you click it It goes to the Shopify Secure website I have books here, we're doing signatures He has books, signatures, he will have books I'll sign bookmarks right Let's now sign That's, bookmarks. All right now. that's awesome um, And then I'm going to be launching mine on Amazon Soon, so hopefully It gets a little insane, it probably will Probably past the point where I can handle it Which that would be luck um,
2: go ahead. So um, you can uh, pre-order my book on Amazon, on Barnes and Noble, and on McFarlaneBooks.com. The name of the book is The Minds Behind the Games. Um, also, I'm having a raffle today on uh, Facebook. If you like, and uh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you see, If you be, like, if you like and uh, share my page, then you'll be put in a raffle to win a copy of Energy Hook, which is on Steam, which is actually a game made by the developer of Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation 2. So if you guys have played Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation 2, it's like the best Spider-Man game ever. It is an excellent one. So the same web slinging mechanic that, that uh, the developer uses in that game, he uses in Energy Hook. It's a really cool game. Oh, nice. It's a cool indie game that nobody knows. So uh, after my panel today, a little bit later, I'm going to see who shared and I'm going to pick a winner. So, so that might be a hidden gaming gem you could possibly write about in a future re-release of hidden gaming gem. That's fine. Mm. I'm down. I'm down. <laughs> so that Facebook page is facebook.com forward slash TheMindsBehindTheGames. So,
0: yeah. so yeah, thank you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thank you everybody for coming. Yeah.